take who your child is right where they're at and find a way to take that outside. So if they are all into technology, then take that iPhone and go out and say, let's put together a slideshow of pictures of the flowers we see in the neighborhood. Don't have to say, get rid of who you are and what you love, but you can take that into creation. This podcast is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. Homeschooling is an exciting adventure we take with our children. One of the most challenging parts of this journey is choosing the curriculum you want to use. BJU Press Homeschool is a curriculum you can trust. All the books, resources, and videos have been designed with you and your child in mind. Their curriculum is educationally robust and rich, taking into account that children have different learning styles, strengths, and needs. Mom, you are in charge. BJU Press Homeschool is here to come alongside and support you. Do you need help with the teaching load or is there a subject you just don't want to teach? Their amazing video courses are available for all grades in almost every subject. BJU Press Homeschool believes that homeschooling can produce a new generation of students who know God, love their neighbors, and stand firm in their faith. For more information, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Zan Tyler Podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler. This podcast is devoted to encouraging you in your homeschool journey through conversations with amazing homeschool leaders and advocates. I wanted to remind you to please subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That may be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Please leave a review and rating, especially on Apple Podcasts. If this show has helped you on your homeschool journey. It really helps the podcast out, and we sure do appreciate it. Also, we are now on YouTube, so if you, if video is your style, please like and subscribe to the Zantyler podcast on YouTube. And be sure to go to the website, zantyler.com. You can find all my social handles there for the show, like Facebook and Instagram. You can also send me a message. So now with all of that out of the way, let me introduce you to my guest. My guest today is Abby Ranella. Abby is a former public school teacher turned passionate homeschool mom. Abby resides in the mountains of the West with her college sweetheart and three awesome kids where they enjoy all things outdoors. She is also a writer and speaker seeking to encourage and inspire homeschooling moms. She is the director of her local homeschool support group and a board member of Homeschool Idaho. Welcome, Abby. Good morning, Abby. Good it morning. It is so great to have you with me today. Oh, it's such an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Abby, I have been so excited about having you on the podcast because I really believe that homeschooling is the intersection of living, loving, and learning. And as a family, y'all have done such a great job of bringing your kids into your mission and into your passions for life. Oh. So if you'll just tell, tell us a little bit about your background, how you grew up, and now about your family. Okay, so I married my right out of high school, first year of college sweetheart. Um, and we, I was born and raised in the mountains of the West. Um, and he moved out here in his late teens. And we met in college, fell in love, got married, moved back to my hometown. Um, and we have three awesome, amazing kids. Um, and it's interesting because when people, they, they say, tell us about, you know, how, how you raise the kids. 
it's not unique to me, but apparently it's unique to the rest of the world. So you'll have to tell me a little bit about what you want to know, but we do, we raise our kids. We really focus on uh, the outdoors. It's the way I was raised. It's the way my husband was raised. It's just a heritage that we have and a legacy that we're leaving for our kids. And um, I was a previous public school teacher. And the day that I held that baby, my first baby in my arms, my husband looked at me and he said, God did not give us this child for someone else to raise. And I came home from my teaching job and I never turned back and uh, we've homeschooled our kids from the beginning. So tell us just a little bit about your life outdoors. Well, I was raised with parents that hunt and fish. Um, I don't remember a time in my life where we weren't drug into the mountains to harvest animals and hunt and fish. And it's just, it's, it's what I always thought was normal. It's the way I was raised. Um, same with my husband and so it just naturally has led the way that we have raised our kids. I mean, every one of our kids within the first month of them being out of the hospital have been in the backcountry with us hunting. And my son was three days out of the hospital and on our backs and off we went. So it's just, it's kind of a natural way, the, the way we do things. And our kids really don't know anything different. And as people ask them about it, they always get the deer in the headlight look because they don't really understand that that's maybe not the norm. <laughs> Well, I love that. And I love that that has, that is part of your passion and part of your life that you've just drawn your kids into. So do they all love the outdoors like you do? They do. I don't think that they know anything different. I remember when my, when my son this last spring, we were hiking one morning. We, you know, we go hike each day and before we come back and hit the books and he looked down. And he said, you know, what are, what are the kids in school doing right now? And I said, well, honey, they don't kids your age. Cause it was a first year of middle school. I said, they don't have recess. They're, they're in their desks. And he looked at me and I, I thought he was going to cry. And he says, you mean they don't, they don't go outside all day. And I'm like, they don't. And he goes, mama, I would die. <laughs> so, so for them, it just, it is, it's just a whole, a part of their life. You know, it's a part of their homeschool. It's a part of our, it's just, it's kind of just what we do. You know, we, anything we eat, we've harvested ourselves. Um, it's just, it's just what we do. <laughs> everything you eat is free range. <laughs> yeah. Everything we eat is very, very free range. Sometimes a little too free range that we're, you know, six miles to in 2000 feet up, you know, and I wish it was a little less free range actually. <laughs> well, tell me how you first heard about homeschooling and did you make the decision when your first child was born to homeschool? Well, so I was, uh, I went to college to be a teacher. My parents were both teachers. And so clearly it was the thing, it was the right thing to do. And obviously my kids were going to go to public school because that was just what you did. And I remember I met Jesse's mom. I was nine, Jesse's my husband. I was 19 years old and he had been homeschooled and we were sitting at her, uh, kitchen table and talking about homeschool. And I, cause I was 20. So I knew everything. Cause when you're 20, you know, everything, right? <laughs> So I was telling her how homeschool was just not the best for kids and public school was the best for kids. And that godly, gracious woman, I, I would have kicked myself out of the house like and said, don't ever talk to my son again if it was me. But she was so godly and she was so gracious and she must have prayed for me over those years. And then it just, God, God got a hold of me and I was teaching in the public school and realized this isn't where I want my children. This isn't how I want my children raised. This isn't God's design. This isn't God's best. And, um, and then when we had our baby, it was just, it was a no brainer. It was like, there's no chance I would ever send this child away for someone else to raise. So it was by God's grace. He got a hold of me and, and a very godly woman who I know is praying. <laughs> 
You know, it's interesting, isn't it? The first, I'll never forget the first time I heard about homeschooling. I thought, this is the strangest thing (laughs) I have ever heard. Now, it was 1984. And uh, and I will never do this to my kids. Right. And so that whole process of beginning to understand um, and really embrace a whole new paradigm for living and learning together. Exactly. Exactly. I had cousins that were homeschooled and I remember my parents would talk about them and I would see like, they're weird. And now I look back, I'm like, praise God, they were weird. Praise God. They were not the norm kid that was sitting in a desk all day and being indoctrinated. I mean, these kids were living life. They were learning about God in everything that they did. And they are the most thriving, godly adults now. And so now I look back, I'm like, I want to raise my kids weird like them. But at the time it (laughs) seemed very odd. (laughs) Well, I know that's an encouragement because I know we have people who listen who are just now thinking, what are we going to do next year? Right. So did you ever have moments where you doubted your ability to homeschool or give your children what they needed or, and how have you dealt with that? Well, for me, I've doubted my ability a million times, but what I never did is I never doubted God's calling. And I knew that I knew that God called us to this. And so I knew that if he called me to do something, he was going to give me what I needed to do. That didn't mean I didn't doubt my own ability. I still doubt my own abilities. I still can't do this without the Lord's guidance. So, you know, my biggest challenge was as being a public school teacher, I had to shake off years of training because that's not what's best for your home. You know, bringing a public school classroom into your home is not what homeschool is or is about. So that was my biggest learning curve is is basically shedding everything that I was taught and embracing what God designed. Well, that is so encouraging. So tell us a little bit about your children and how they differ from each other. I mean, I know my kids, three kids, totally different learning styles and how you manage that in your home. Oh, that was a shocker to me. Before I had kids, I thought, your kids are exactly who you raise them to be, right? Like, you pick who they are and you raise them that way. (laughs) And then I had kids and I realized, oh, that is not how it works at all. God completely creates them unique and individual from one another. And now I got to figure this out. So I have a 15-year-old, so she's a freshman in high school. Um, And it's funny because someone said that. They said, oh, you, you have a freshman. And I thought, we don't use that word. No, she's a ninth grader. And then it dawned on me, oh my goodness, I do have a freshman in high school. Um, So I have a ninth grader, a sixth grader, and a third grader. And they are so vastly different, um, yet so, so neat as one, like they work so well together, but their learning styles are very different. I have one that is not, she doesn't love academics. I mean, she does well, but it's not her passion. And then I have one that just can't get enough. Um, and then I have one, I mean, they're, they're so different. So again, I was trained to fit every kid in a box and to make them all, you know, teach them all the same. And it took me really getting to the Lord to say, God, you created this child. I need you to give me what I need to learn how to teach them the way that they learn. And God is faithful and he has showed us, but we've had to be flexible and we've had to be willing to say, this isn't working. So throw it out and find what does no, work. That, that is so interesting. I was thinking back to when my boys, my oldest son was a ninth grader, a freshman yeah. in beginning high school. And this was a time where not many kids were homeschooled in high right. school. Right. And I was, I always felt like we were laying the track with the train, the freight train bearing oh. down upon us. So I looked at my seventh grade son, John and 
I said, um, guess what, John? Today you're in high school too. We're going to do high school together, <laughs> you, me, and Ty. So by the time John had finished high school, he had finished all of his requirements. He had finished um, math, science, everything. So he had a great two years after our academics were completed. Yeah, that's amazing. That's the blessing of homeschools. We can do it together. We can adjust where needed. And I've, I've loved the freedom of that. I've just, the, the freedom to be able to homeschool the way God created our family. And, you know, we can talk more about how that, how that, how we do that in the field, because a lot of our school is out in the field doing what we do in the outdoors. Well, you know, I would love to hear about that, actually. And I know that the people listening <laughs> would love to hear about that. It's so fascinating. Uh, well, like I said, it's so funny to me because it's just normal, but um, apparently isn't it normal for everyone. But we just, Jesse and I have a real heart to take our heritage and pass it down to our kids and really you know, go back to the way that our grandparents and great grandparents were raised in raising our kids, knowing that it's going to set them a great foundation for being raised today in this ever changing, um, in this ever changing world. So our focus is really just on the spiritual benefits of what we do and the family benefits and really to be outdoors the way that, that we are and the way that we do things. For us, it's an incredible opportunity to point our kids to the creator through his creation. And we live in a very outdoor er uh, area where a lot of people are very outdoorsy, but they tend to worship the creation. They tend to worship, you know, what is around them. And we just want to see, we want to point our kids to the creator that created all of this. And, and ultimately we believe like we were created in the garden. I mean, this is where we thrive is outdoors and in God's creation. Mm -hmm. And we look to God's word and he uses his creation to teach us. I mean, he talks about when he's teaching how to work, he talks about the ants. When he's te teaching how to yearn for him, he's talking about the deer panting for the waters. You know, um, he says, I'm your shepherd. I will lay, you'll lay down in green pastures. I mean, it's, it's all over his word. And so for us to be out there, I think it helps our kids to know and understand the vastness and, and just the sovereignty and bigness of God and, and then also to understand his word a little better. And, and for us, it, it produces the, probably the biggest thing is it just produces an awe for our God. And, you know, it says in Romans that, you know, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power as divine nature has been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they're without excuse. It's impossible to be at 10,000 feet in the middle of nowhere you know, getting your food out of the lake and, and sleeping under the stars and not see and know the creator that created it all. Um, that, that is so powerful. One thing that I want to ask you, I know that uh -huh. when my boys were growing up and Lizzie too, later when yeah. she was born, they grew up at the state house with me. Yes, yes. And so, you know, because we're fighting for homeschooling freedom and yes. their lawsuits and I was threatened with jail. And so they grow up in that environment that's normal for them, that's normal right. for me. They're not intimidated by that. I'm not intimidated by that. It's just where we lived. It's what we did. Right. But I found that as I was working with other organizations to give other kids a heart for politics and statesmanship and what's going on in our country and how to be involved as right. a believer and impact the culture for Christ, that 
I needed to come up with ways to help them be involved, to take them from fear to enjoyment and passion and calling. So what do you tell the parent who lives in a city and is surrounded by concrete and they want to begin getting their kids outdoors? How do they do that? Because for you, it's natural. For some of us, it's anything but natural. Right. So So what is your advice? I would say, and and the thing is, is getting kids to see the creator through creation, getting kids outdoors does not even remotely have to look like how we do it. I mean, it's impossible for most people to do that, but everywhere you can step outside. I mean, there's nowhere that you can't just step outside into a city park, into your backyard. I mean, and I'm, I tell a lot of parents because they say, we get a lot of bucking from our teens because we've never lived this way. We've never done this. And so our teens are like, don't drag us outside. We're just fine on our iPads. And we don't, we don't want to do that. And I tell these parents, take who your child is right where they're at and find a way to take that outside. So if they are all into technology, then take that iPhone and go out and say, let's put together a slideshow of pictures of the flowers we see in the neighborhood or in the, in the yards oh, around us, you know, yes. so you don't have to say, get rid of who you are and what you love, but you can take that into creation. Or if you have a reader who does not want to go outside because they want to sit on the couch and read, Go make a pile of blankets and pillows in the, if you have a yard, do it in your yard. If not, go to the park, go down by a a water source. You have a lake, a river, whatever, and take their book and don't, don't try to create them into being who we are or, or what you imagine them to be, but help them to be who they are, but still embrace creation. It's in every one of us because we Mm -hmm. were created, we were created this way. And so we just have to tap into it. But my big message is it doesn't have to be extreme. It doesn't have to to look like it looks in anybody else's family. And I, it, you don't have to, you know, count hours or log or journal or do all these things if that's too much. Just go outside for 10 minutes a day and, and face your face to the sun. And um, even just reading books that, that inspire you to look around more at God's creation. Well, that is great advice. I know that one thing you talk about, and you mentioned it earlier, is getting back to the past to raise our our children right, right. now and for right. the future. What what is one or two? What are one or two suggestions you have for moms and dads who are striving to do that and need some more understanding? Right, or just some practical tips. Some practical tips. I think the the greatest thing we can do is read history. We can go to the, you know, I have such a passion for going to the older, wiser women, those that have gone before us. We live in a generation where everybody's going online to their peers and the quote unquote influencers, and we're being influenced by our peers. But really God's word says to go to those that have gone before you, go to your mom, go to your grandma, go to the old woman in church, you know, and sit at their feet and and ask them how they did things. And, you know, for me, in, instead of getting online and watching a YouTube video on how to bake bread, Go to the 70-year-old neighbor lady's house and let her show you. And I really think for our children, you know, they're in a generation where we're consumers. You know, we're always on a screen. We're consuming, entertain me, give me what I need. And and I I, I pray that we can help encourage our children to be more participants, to, to interact more. Like you said, you raised your kids down at the state house or at the Capitol, you know, 
And so rather than just watch it on the news and then talk about it all the time, you were there, you were participants, not consumers. And I think that's what we have to learn of the generations that went before us is how they worked with their hands. The Bible says, you know, work with your hands and how they interacted with one another face to face in real life, not over screens, not over, you know, things that aren't always real and just go to the older, go to the wiser. And it's, it's simple. It's not, it doesn't have to be complicated, you know? interact with the older women at church and you will be blown away by what they can breathe into your life. And then you can breathe into your children's life and bring your kids back into a more tangible, real way of living. You know, that is so powerful because I think we tend not to be as intergenerational as we used to be. Absolutely. And there's just a power in homeschooling and being when my kids were growing up, they could visit my grandparents who were their great grandparents and they learned so much from our dads who were both World War II vets. Wow. There's there's a whole lot that yes. our our children can learn yes. from prior generations. Absolutely. One thing I want to talk to you about, Abby, because I think the heart and soul of homeschooling is expressed in the way we serve others. And so we're raising children who don't have to be defined by social media or what your their peers think every day. Right. We want them to be defined by who God made them to be. But Absolutely. one thing God has called all of us to do is to serve our neighbors. Right. And I know that out of your passion for being outdoors and Jesse's passion for being outdoors, right. you not only um, have homeschooled your kids to bring them into it, but you've developed a ministry to mm-hmm. other people who may be in need. And it, tell us a little bit about that. Well, so because this has just been the way of our life and we just feel very blessed Um that we can physically do this. Like as we're climbing mountains, you know, Jesse said one day, um, this is such a great blessing for our kids to be up here. And he said, I can't imagine as a dad not being able to do this with my kids. And then he stopped and he said, you know, there are so many that can't. And um, God has given us just resources and and the the ability to do what we do. And we know that our time here on earth isn't about self-serving. It's not about our hobbies and what we love to do, that it's to be used for the kingdom. And so the Lord really prayed or really put on our heart as we prayed in 2020, which is probably the worst time you could imagine to start any sort of anything. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, But God is so beyond all of our limitations. Um, And He just put on our heart and we started Called Beyond Adventures, which is a, a nonprofit where we take... Um, not just the children uh, with disabilities, but we take their whole family. I mean, we're very family focused. Is So there are organizations that take a child on outdoor adventures, but we take the whole family so that families can experience it. And so we take kids with disabilities or or not, they don't even have to be physical disabilities. Um, they can just be any, any way that maybe a child cannot get out. And we come alongside the parents and we facilitate it so the family can get out together. It's not us taking them. It's not us doing the work. It's us behind the scenes, helping the families to be able to do this. And it's been an incredible blessing. It's been amazing to watch God do it and grow it. It It's incredible when you see a kid, you know, maybe cast a line and reel in a fish for the very first time and just the awe in their eyes or... Um, it's it's been amazing and it's been humbling and the greatest thing is is we don't do any of it without our own children our own children are on the forefront on the four lines with us and they're the ones interacting with those kids they're the ones helping the kids cast the line um it's really our kids that do it and we get to stand in the background and and help them 
Oh, that is so powerful. So if people um, have a neighbor or somebody they know they would that would benefit from participating in yes. your ministry or they would like to participate, yes. how do they get in touch with you to do that? So our website is called beyondadventures.org. That's the nonprofit website. Um, and that that's we have our own website, but that's the nonprofit website. And you can see we post adventures on there. So you could apply for adventures or you can just reach out to us and say, you know, what we like to do is customize for a kid. And and honestly, Zan, God has given us resources. We are just in need of kids. You know, we we just need the families that want to do this and that have a desire to do this. So if you know of someone, it's word of mouth. If you know of a kid that's always dreamed of something that we could help make become a reality for them, um, please just reach out to us. So even if there's not an adventure on the website today, if you have a thought or an idea and said, you know, this kid has always wanted to river raft, but yeah, it doesn't have the ability to, you know, let us know. And our heart and our goal is to make those dreams become a reality. Um, wow, that's amazing. One of the things that we really learned with our children is they come alive when yes. they are serving others. Yes. I know that Ty had a close friend who was five or six years younger than him, and he was wheelchair-bound because of a muscular disorder. Uh-huh. And until the day his friend went to be with the Lord, Ty was doing things for him, getting him out. It was really such a special relationship, right. but Ty learned more from his friend absolutely than he could have ever learned from Ty. Yeah. And and I remember John was my oldest son, my middle son, babysat for a long for for several months for a little boy who was dying from leukemia. Mm-hmm. And it was they were homeschooling. It was a help to the mom. But it was such an instructive time for John right. to see this. I mean, he he loved this little boy. He grieved when mm-hmm. he passed, although he was the little boy was in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you have a neighbor, you're listening, you have a neighbor, you have a friend at church who has a disability or has a need or an illness, mm-hmm. make sure you reach out to them and because you, it really is truly more blessed to give than it is to receive. And also keep Abby's ministry, Abby and Jesse's ministry in mind because there is something so healing mm-hmm. about being outdoors. And right. as you said earlier, the vastness of God's creation. Yes. So and ultimately, Abby, that's the heart and the goal is to point point everybody to the creator, you know, to get yes. them out there to point like, look at the birds, look at the fish, look at the mountains. You know, God who created these incredible things that seem larger than life also created you and he values your life. And in a, in a society where life has become kind of a throwaway, you know, we want to point to the value of every single one of these kids' lives mm-hmm. and then point them and their families to the creator that created them on purpose for a purpose. So ultimately, that's the goal. It isn't just to be in the outdoors. It's to really understand who created the outdoors and that we can know him personally. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I have known you long enough to know that you and Jesse live that way. You love that way. Your kids are amazing. It's Thank just you. So, so before we go, um, if you had one thing you could share with a homeschool mom or dad today, what would it be? Uh, I would, there's so many that's so hard. I would, I would honestly say that we tend to, as homeschool parents, put school first. We tend to think academics. We tend to, when, when you, when you read through comments on social media that homeschool parents are asking, it's often around, you know, how do I do math? How do I do this? 
And I guess I would say to parents, um, Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God. And that's talking about, you know, where will our food come from and our water and our clothes. But those are the basics. Those are the foundational things that we need. And God says, when you seek me, I give you those things. And so as a homeschool mom, we think of the foundational things as math and reading and writing. But ultimately, those are the things that God will give us the ability to do when we seek first Him. And so so rather than thinking of school first, think of discipleship and love and life with your children and let that be the foundation. And then all these other things God will give you, and then you can build upon that foundation. That's right. It provides a powerful context for education yes, then. Absolutely. So we're going to do something a little bit different, Abby. Joe has a question or two oh, he wants okay. to ask you. So oh. I'm going to I'm going to see if he can. He just loves you and Jesse, oh, and he no. loves. He would. Oh. I think he would just like to move in with y'all for a little while <laughs> and, and live outdoors with all of you. So, um, so Joe's going to uh, ask you a question or two, if you don't mind. Okay. Hey, Joe. Hey, Abby. How are so, you? Uh, <laughs> it was it was just great hearing your story again. I mean, oh, we've, we've heard it before, but uh, man, what a, what a great testimony! And I was just on your Facebook page scrolling through, uh, watching all the hunts you guys have been <laughs> on, and uh, it looks like to me from early early age. You uh, get them a bow, a compound bow, and you teach them how to shoot in the backyard. Yep. What are some other things you guys do? How early do you, you said you took your baby on a hunt, right? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I feel like if you're new to this, don't do that. But yes, we <laughs> took, we took, you know, one week, old. our son was born in the fall. And so, you know, Jesse Joe, he's like, well, that just means the kid goes on our back elk hunting. Like that doesn't mean we stay home. <laughs> so, so he was three days old and he was, you know, we carried babies on our back until they could walk. And then they started, you know, and they started carrying their own water and then pretty soon their own food. And, and we just started them early. So that's what they knew. Well, I think the cool thing about it, and I think this is a message to all parents, you know, teach first what you know. Mm-hmm. You know, take them with you. I don't, I don't, I know of dads that will just go hunting by themselves. And it is such a blast when you have your kids with you. Yeah. You know, that's always Jesse's heart. Your wife, too. That's, yeah. that's really, that's be yeah, the I most need, amazing I need to step thing. it up. <laughs> <laughs> but that's um, honestly, that's always been Jesse's heart because we see in this, in this world we live in, so many husbands leave the kids and the wife at home and they go do guy time. And that is a commitment that Jesse made the day he got married and the day that he had kids, as he said, I'll never leave you guys behind. You know, you guys go with me. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There have been times that I have stayed behind out of choice, <laughs> but um, he says, I don't leave the kids behind. And you know, it's also, it's spiritual training. We don't decide at 13 to tell our kids about the Lord. You know, we start the day they come, the, the day we find out we're pregnant, we're praying over them, we're teaching them. And it's, it's just, it is, like you said, it's passing on what we know. You know, one thing Joe has done too, y'all aren't at this point yet. He's taken the grandkids, honey. So one-on-one time with the grandkids as they get old enough to do that. So that's been a great joy. Well, Jesse always says he can't wait till the grandkids take him hunting. Like he's living for the day that... Colson, our son, takes Jesse instead of vice versa <laughs> and does all the packing. <laughs> yeah. When you talk about packing, some of our listeners may not be aware. Sort of describe what your hunting trips are like. <laughs> well, um, 
you know, we live in the mountains, so you're going up and up and up and we live in the snow. So like just an example, Colson's elk hunt this year, you know, it was two feet of snow. It was seven degrees. Um, and you're going 2000 feet up and six miles. And then you get a, you know, five, 600 pound animal down. And that's, you, you think you did all the work. And then every time we harvest an animal, then we say, and now the work begins, the real work begins. <laughs> and so we do it on our backs. You know, we, we don't actually use horses at this season of, in our lives. We, we pack it on our backs. We do it together. It is the greatest way to teach our children teamwork. It's the greatest way to teach them, you know, when one person is tired, the next person steps in and carries the weight and vice versa. Um, it's a way to show them creativity. It's a way to show them that when you start something, you finish something and that, you know, with every great blessing, there was work to get to that. So the lessons of what we do are so far beyond just the physical of what we do. It just teaches them, you know, so much more and it just really builds their character. Absolutely. I know, um, this year, uh, I had the, the fortune to take my 10 year old grandson out. And uh, the the crazy thing about it is just a year ago, he was an animal lover and couldn't imagine uh, ever shooting anything. Right. Uh, and he's still an animal lover. Yes. Very much but, so. Uh, very much so. But, uh, yeah, this year we watched these 11 deer playing around in a field, and they were all in range. And I, I told him, I said, you know, it's up to you. You really you don't have to shoot a deer if you don't want to. But Right. He wanted to, and it was it was an awesome experience. And the, here's a new metric for you parents out there. My my grandson screensaver is he and I with his, the deer that he shot. So if you can make the screensaver of your kid or grandkid, uh, you've really arrived. So that's I, the truth. That's the uh, truth. And Zia, you hit that, it. Um, hunters are greatest conservationists. They're the greatest animal lovers. You know, we, we really do. If you do it right, it's, it's definitely a way to honor God and his creation and the animal, you know, and ethics is the number one thing right. that we do. And Joe, just like you do, they clean the deer. They use it all yep. for food. Every it's, bit of it. And yeah. our kids, that's the other thing is we don't drop it off at a butcher. Our kids from beginning to end, um, we harvest that animal. They are part of the taxidermy. They are part of the, the processing of the meat. And then every night, it's a fun tradition. Every night when I cook, like I told you, I, I don't think I bought meat, beef, and I don't know, my whole life. Um, but every night it's, we thank whoever harvested that animal for, you know, like this is Colson's deer that we're eating or, you know, and it's fun because they rotate my oldest daughter, you know, she harvested at 10, a bear and a, an elk and a deer and an antelope. And then, then the next, when the next kid is of age, then all the focus is on that kid. And then the, and then the following kid. And it's just this really neat sibling bond that they know, okay, this isn't my year. We're all in for you. We help you prep. We help you pack. We help you process. And it's just, it is so neat to see the bond of our kids out there. Wow. That's a, that's a really cool, cool tradition. <laughs> and, and you guys just flip to whatever outdoor, whatever is in season all year <laughs> long, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, with, with my husband, there is never not a season. We were sick for four weeks this winter and he, the day we got better, he said, we have four weeks to make up for. And we were out at 5 a.m., finding the ducks and the geese and fill in the freezer. So yeah, we, I mean, it, 
they say hunting season, but for us, there's only about two months that we aren't actually hunting, but that's when we're scouting and prepping and, and working on it. But it, for us, it's more, it's a, it is a way that we provide food, you know, as a, as a thing for me to be able to homeschool, which is a huge blessing and Jesse to keep me home to do so, you know, it's really a way that God has provided us, um, provided for Jesse to provide for our family as well. So it's, it's a way of life for us and it's a means of survival. And, you know, the other thing about it to me, if anybody out there is not a hunter and doesn't know anything about it, and that's too big of an obstacle, hiking. Yes. I I enjoy the time driving to the hunting camp and the time sitting on the stand and whispering to my grandson or or my son uh, back in the day. And to me, that time together is uh, irreplaceable. And it almost becomes like the hunting or whatever the pursuit is, is sort of a sideline. It is. You know? It is. We always say success when people, it's funny because we, we come down from the back country and people say, were you successful? And Jesse always says, every time we go is successful, whether we come home with an animal or not, the animal isn't the success. It's, yeah. it's what happened out there. It's the connection of our family. It's the challenges that we overcame. It's the being in God's creation and the quality time we spent with the court world being quiet and you don't have to hunt. You don't have to harvest anything. My oldest daughter has taken a couple year break. I mean, she'll bird hunt, but she's like, I just like to be out there. She's the best hunting partner in the world. And she's going through a season where she's like, I, I'm, I'm going to give it a couple years before I, you know, it's the pressure, the pressure kills her. So you don't have to be a hunter. Um, it's not about that. It's about seeing God and through his creation. And you can do that anywhere you can do that on the ocean. I'm terrified. People always say, aren't you afraid of the bears that you're like, we're hunting bears or aren't you afraid of the wolves? I'm like, doesn't even phase me. But if you put me near an ocean, I am terrified. (laughs) But if you're an ocean person, (laughs) or if you put me in the middle of a city, if you put my husband in a city, you will see fear like you've never seen, but you could put him like next to a grizzly bear and nothing. Um, but so wherever you are, there is creation around you, whether it's a house plant and the awe of seeing a seed grow into a plant, you know, God, God shows himself in every part of his creation. You don't have to be in the back country. Yeah. Another, another idea for the non hunters would obviously be uh, photography. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yep. We talk about that a lot and it's a much easier pack out. It's much easier (laughs) actually. And then you get home and you put the camera away. You don't have all the other work. (laughs) Yeah, That's right. Well, Abby, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you guys. Jesse and I say all the time, we talked to Zan a little bit about the Titus two thing and the older teaching the younger. And and we thank you guys so much for inspiring us, for encouraging us, for keeping us going, for loving us. And you guys are, you are the pioneers that make what we do possible. Hey, before we go, tell people how they can find you. We have a website. It's called to the top.com. And there you can find all of our hunting adventures, articles that we've written for, you know, different outdoor publications, also homeschool encouragement, everything kind of blends for years. We tried to separate what we do with the homeschool world and what we do with the outdoor world. And God never allowed us to separate that. It all comes together. So everything's on that website. And then from there, you can find the nonprofit website on social media where it called to the top. Um, Abby Ranella called to the top on both Instagram, Facebook. If you don't want to see animals that we've harvested and that bothers you, you can also find us over it. It's Abby Ranella, um, his calling my passion. And that's strictly homeschool and biblical womanhood encouragement. No dead animals, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, thank you again so much. Give Jesse a hug for us. And I will see you soon. Yes. Love you guys. Okay, Bye-bye. Love you too. <laughs> Bye.
Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. If you would like more information, you can find me at zantaller.com. Until next time, see you later.